You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Sorry, good morning. Uh, Huey back uh, flying blind again. Welcome to the World Football Programme with me, trainee Hugh Best, and the uh, guru of the station, Penny Tannerhoth. Good morning. Oh, is that what you're going to give me? Fantastic. I'm going to be short and sweet and let you do it, baby. Yeah, yeah, panicking already. They're just pressing the wrong buttons. So, how are you today, Penny? Well, she, I'm just going to turn that she is standing beside me, so she can't answer that one at the moment because things aren't going as they should just yet. Just so, making sure all the buttons are it, it pointing in the right direction. Someone has to. So, for those uh, listening, uh, on today's show, we will have Aaron Trevathan, the Football Tragic podcast. He's going to be talking to us all about the EPL and Arsenal's great start last night, for those that didn't hear. Brentford 2, Arsenal 0. That's what £94 million of transfers get you, a first-round loss. Um, After that, we will be talking to Matt Cheeseman, the Football Operations Manager at uh, Football Australia. He's going to be talking to us about uh, Chris Beath and Kate Dukovitz and their journey at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics with Beefy actually doing the finals. That was good news for him. He said Football Operations Manager. Is he not the Referees Manager? Referees, did I say football operations? I did oh, I do. I think you did. Yeah, no, though, so I referees it. operation manager. Okay. He's in the referee area, isn't he? Panicking, panicking. Yeah, it's just, it's just, just falling out right, of me. Okay. Uh, then we'll speak to super striker Tia Stonehill from Mum FC. Uh, and after that, we were going to um, have a, a bit of a chat with Rocco Mayo yeah. and uh, things that are happening with his family and his family at uh, Bayswater. 
Absolutely, after the passing of Jerry Mayer mm. yesterday, which is very sad and, and tragic news. Um, I think that um, Jerry's been up and around as much as he possibly can in, in the last few weeks as his health has uh, deteriorated, but he, he was at Bayswater last week for their home game and the stand was named after him and that was a lovely tribute to him and the many years of um, input that he's had to the Bayswater football community. So well done to everybody there for recognising um, Jerry and, and the family for all the time that they've put into the club there. But a big thank you, of course, to all of our sponsors who put into the show and memberships. We appreciate everybody listening in always and your input on the Facebook page, the World Football Program Facebook page. So Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron, Gate and Fence Hardware and Futsal WA. Thank you very much, everybody, for giving us your sponsorship and your time on air, Greg Farrell, and uh, all of the information and help that you put into the show as a community program. We do appreciate that. And, of course, we've got uh, Pete and Sean, the part of the team that will rotate, and I'll be having a break next week after three weeks on the trot, and Sean will be back with another team member. Talking more football. <laughs> yeah. Not me. Uh, I'm uh, multitasking, which is what? No, well, it's not actually multitasking. We're only doing one task, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, we're just uh, at the moment trying to uh, uh, tee up with Aaron. So keep going, Penn. Yeah. Penn, would you like to have a chat about uh, Lionel Messi before we talk to Aaron? Because I'm sure he'll have a few things about that. We were s- discussing off air just yeah. how silly that whole situation became. Um, I don't know about silly. It was kind of a, an eye-opener for me where the rules about financial viability and football clubs in La Liga, the Spanish league, uh, dictate that only 70% of an income of the club can be spent on wages and Barcelona had blitzed that in I don't know how many years, which meant that they simply couldn't afford some of their players and um, Messi was one of them and he was in tears because he wanted to stay at Barcelona, but nothing they could, the club could offer him would meet those rules and enable him to stay. Yep. Yeah, and for those that um, don't know the full ins and outs, when people go, how much money can he have? You know, which is fine. I mean, you, you, you paid what the market pays you. Uh, he was willing to take a 50% pay cut, which, for without going into figures, which was still a, a lot of money. And he said to Barcelona, you can pay me a two-year contract, 50% pay cut, but spread those payments over five years and still that wasn't going to meet the uh, the requirements yep. of that. It would only take them down to uh, 95% of, um, of wage bill f- to over income. It, it's quite incredible the amount of money that he is now on at PSG um, and some of the other players that are going there like um, Ramos yep. from Real Madrid on a free transfer. His contract has also ended. And uh, the ins and outs of football are quite incredible. You can be on a squillion, um, you know, squillions of dollars. Your contract ends. There's no transfer fee. You can go to whichever club you want and then negotiate a contract for more, well, I'm going to say ridiculous amounts of money. Because, <laughs> I mean, per week, getting millions of dollars, Hugh, is just absolutely amazing for a single human to be living on when, yeah. you know, it, you know work, the working people out there and in normal working land would be paid, I don't know, 1500 bucks yeah. a week and we're talking millions yeah. a week. I mean, the reported figure for his 50% pay cut was still going to be over £60 million a week. Yeah. No, 
No, that was for the season. £60 million pounds for the season. I'm not even crazy. going to try to break that down per week, but that's obviously over a, a million pounds per week, yep. every week. So you can imagine when you're talking that amount of money, how much finance, financial uh, management is required to uh, have the best players in the world at your club and manage that week after week, year after year. And I know the philosophy of Barcelona was, well, we want the best players here. We're going to pay whatever is required to have the best players here so we can be the best club in the world. That was their philosophy. But um, you have to have amazing amounts of money come into the club in sponsorships, merchandising, gate sales, whatever else you can to support that. And clearly they didn't have it. Now, it's going to be interesting with whatever the, whatever PSG are going to be paying Messi and Ramos and whoever is now in their super yeah. club, yeah. how they're going to get that money and how they're going to manage that and how the French League is going to support that over time and what kind of you know rules UEFA are going to instigate for yeah. fair play management or whatever it is to yep. to get them through. Yeah, it's again, are we going to revisit it, this in in five years? Well, I think so. You know? We when um, I mean we were both listening to the same podcast, which was we won't mention the people who did it, but they were talking about Messi, and they were saying, "Wow, how good is Barcelona? Barcelona must be one of the model clubs of all time." And the people they were speaking to are going, "Well, no, Barcelona." the same club as everybody else and this has uh, Rangers FC written all over it you know they're one of the biggest clubs in their their country as Rangers were at the time extended and extended and bought and basically were were, you know money they didn't have and they they crashed and and you know depending on who you talk to Rangers just had a blip others say that club no longer exists me I'm in the the last boat there because you know if your club goes financially bust that club doesn't exist anymore you may use the same colors you may use the same name to an extent and have a similar looking badge but you know your club died because you couldn't pay your bills Barcelona were going down that same path and for a club as huge as that it's it's just incredible before we go and have a chat to Aaron uh, there's a couple of things I'd just like to put over the um, the, the football calendar, so to speak. The, the Blackwood Fiverside Carnival is coming up in November, bailing up. So if you think of Tinderbox products, if you like them, the same <laughs> products, they're Go bailing on, up that same space. I can't remember if they had a carnival last year. I don't actually think they did. But it's the Blackwood Fiverside Carnival, Saturday the 6th of November, so you can get onto Google and have a look for that. Um, there's a new season for Futsal WA coming up. So um, if you're looking to play Fiverside over summer or something to supplement your... Uh, winter season, have a look at Futsal WA. Cup finals day uh, are coming up at Macedonia Park for the junior girls and boys in the 14s, 16s, 18s. Actually, that's the girls grouping. I'm not sure what the boys are. Sorry, I'm biased. I've got that I just remembered. Elsewhere, the girls. but you've thrown that me uh, very early in the piece. I had that one set up for later on. But yeah, well done. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't resist. And, and another one I'm going to throw in there too, Hugh, is. Um, Gloria celebrating 25 years yep. this year and they've been putting pieces out on their mm-hmm. website to celebrate that, um, uh, like a compilations of um, videos and photos and things like that. And it's great to see the, the men and the women being celebrated yes. throughout their yep. compilations and stories. Well, it's one them. club, so, you know, it's available for everybody in, in 25 years of one club. The fact that there are a couple of different teams there doesn't mean it should be celebrated in any different way. One club... Let's celebrate all of it. Yep. Um, and the other thing um, 
you know, my, my heart goes out to other places in Australia who aren't faring as well as what we are. Yep. Um, and it's meant that some of the state's uh, football competitions have been up and down, and New South Wales just this week have cancelled their competitions for the remainder of yes, 2021. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, I know. Um, just had to, had, just yeah. had to have been, which is, you know, we... We need to think just how lucky we are here in this state with the leadership that we have at the moment. I'm not trying to make it a party political statement, but you know, some of the decisions made uh, elsewhere in this country have been proven to be not the greatest. Yeah, and everyone's got different circumstances, mm-hmm. but we're doing okay. And uh, yeah, and well, I think we're ready to move on and have a chat some more. All right, yeah, more I'll see if I, yeah, I'll see if I can press these buttons correctly, and we will uh, be back after the break with Aaron and he will talk to us all about the things that are happening in the EPL and beyond. So let me play that, and away we go. 107.9 FM, your local station. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual, or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's, or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport, and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at futsalwa.org.au or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au Oh, give me land, lots of land Under starry skies above Don't fence me in Auswest Fencing and Rotiron Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Auswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at auswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au Don't fence me in You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. And welcome back to 107.9 Radio Fremantle. That was as seamless as... Uh, you got there, Hugh. You yeah. well. Let's <laughs> I go. There. I got there. Yes, yeah. I did. <laughs> All right. On the line, we have Aaron Trevathan from the Football Tragics podcast. He's going to talk to us all sorts of things, mainly the EPL. Aaron, can you hear me? Yes, how are you? Oh, sensational. Good on you, Aaron. <laughs> Hugh, just settle down, mate. You're doing just fine. Aaron's n- not nervous in the least, and neither am I, so you're in good hands, Hugh. <laughs> Aaron, what's what's happening at your end? What's, uh, what's, what's the thing that you're looking forward to in the EPL, which is starting this week? Well, I witnessed 
Arsenal <laughs> this morning against uh, Brentford, so that was a great watch. Um, seeing Brentford kick off the, their Premier League with a win and top the table after one game, and then Arsenal obviously in all sorts already, so that was always a good laugh, being a Chelsea fan myself. Um, but just as a whole, I'm looking forward to the whole season, honestly. Um, it's shaping up to be a really exciting year. I think uh, there's plenty of teams that will be fighting for the title. I think it could be a very close year, unlike City last year where they just kind of run away with it. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's going to be a really exciting year. There's a lot of great teams, a lot of good signings going around. And uh, yeah. Do you think that Manchester United are going to live up to expectations this year? Oh, and are you surprised that Solskjaer is still there? <laughs> That's my question. <laughs> uh, in, a, in a way, uh, I kind of have been calling for his head at points on the podcast um, throughout the last couple of seasons, saying, you know, I don't think it's good enough. But I do have to give him credit for finishing second last year. I think that was a good achievement. However, I think their Champions League campaign last year was really disappointing. So on one hand, you can kind of say maybe should have been given the sack. But at the same time, there's not too many managers out there that they could really bring in that are, you know, world-class, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think he's doing quite quite a good job with it. And he's made the signings that he needed to make. Um, you know, Sancho coming in, that was long overdue. And I think he'll bring a big spark to that team. And then bringing Varane to 50 million, that's yeah. unbelievable business. And that's exactly the sign of the need of the partner, Maguire. So they're making really good headways, I think. And they'll definitely be up there challenging for the title. But... One issue I have with them, I do still think they need a good holding midfielder. Um, then that's the final piece of their puzzle. So until that happens, I'm not overly convinced with them. But, you know, they've been known to pull up some good results. So who knows, honestly. I think it's important they go further in the Champions League though this year for sure. That's a big part of their, you know, overall key success for the whole season, I believe. So one of my pet hates, as most people know, is Aston Villa with um, Grealish going. They're relegated, they're gone, they're rubbish. <laughs> finished. Back to where they belong. I, I think I think they've recruited quite well. Oh, come on, no, Aaron, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to stop because I know there's been plenty of teams that have done this in the past, you know, Spurs when they lost Gareth Bale many, many years ago, signed, I think, seven players and then he ended up coming back, you know, last season, replacing them all, basically. That was an absolute shambolic rebuild. And then, you know, I remember Villa a few years ago um, did it, and they just scraped um, Survivor when they spent a lot of money. And Fulham, they were one of the clubs that came up and spent a lot of money and then went straight back down. So they've made a few signings, Villa, um, but I think they're quite good signings. I think Danny Ings was a great signing out of nowhere. Um, I think Emmy Blendina from Norwich, who Norwich would hate to lose. Yeah. Um, was a fantastic signing. He can honestly replace Grealish like for like. He's a fantastic playmaker. So if he has a great season, then I think they'll be in. I think they'll be in good good source this year. Okay, so we'll go down to the other end of the table with uh, that crackerjack game of Burnley versus Brighton. I mean, three. It's a six pointer right from the word go. I mean, you, you start the season with a six pointer. How how do you think those two sides are going to progress? I mean, Brighton couldn't buy a goal, and Burnley, uh, you know, they punching about their weight most uh, seasons. Yeah, look, well, like, I can't say I'll be watching it because it's a <laughs> game. Um, I don't know how many fans will be watching it, but it is a, it's a huge game where both teams would want to start the season off with a win. Brighton, you look at last season, you think, you're looking on their expected goals, um, they should have scored each game yeah. compared to how many they actually converted. I think they would have been in the top four last season had they converted all their goals they scored. Um, or the chances they made, but that's not the way it is. 
you've got to score goals, you've got to put the ball in the back of the net, and they didn't. So um, I think they're in a bit of hot water this year. I don't think they've signed too great. They've lost Ben White. Yep. Yes, they got a good $50 million for him, which I think they're laughing with, but um, they didn't replace him in the end either. So they're down a player there, I think. So it's hard to tell if they'll survive the drop, honestly. They'll be definitely in a relegation scrap. Burnley, I think they just do what they do every season, don't they? They, <laughs> yeah. play, you know, they don't play the most entertaining football, and Sean Dyche is okay with that. Um, but they, they grind out results when they need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's the most important thing. I think they're happy being a club that's just steady in the Premier League each year. Oh, who wouldn't be? And yeah, they haven't made a great a lot of signings either, but that's just the way their football club run, I believe. Yep, yep that, that's true enough. So let's go to the other end of the scale. Uh, the Monday night game, Tottenham versus Man City. So the, the debut of, of Grealish and... and uh, Nuno Espirito Santos's debut for Tottenham as manager. How do you how do you see that one panning out? Well, this is a massive game for many reasons. Obviously, Tottenham wouldn't want to start the season off with a loss. City obviously want to start the season strong because last season they didn't start so strong, and everybody was kind of doubted them before they really got going. Um, and then you've got the massive Harry Kane saga as well. Still being a Spurs player, still being their captain, lining up against a team he's most likely going to join any minute now. You'd think. Um, so it's a massive game for, for many reasons, but I think on Harry Kane's side of things, he's, a, he's the ultimate professional in the day. I think he'll still play for the Spurs badge like he, you know, like it's his last ever game in football. Mm. Um, so he'll still wear his heart in his sleeve, I believe, but it is hard having a player there that probably doesn't want to be there. Um, and I think I think City is just too strong for that Spurs team. I don't think Spurs are... Do you, do Amazing! You, I know they have a good centre yeah. back. They signed a good centre back from Atalanta um, and signed Brian Gill from um, from the La Liga. That, that's a good signing. But again, I think City is just too classy at the end of the day. And I think Jack Relish will show his class as well. How do you think Harry will, will play? You know, he, he's obviously going to to do the uh, you know come and get me. This is what you're going to get. But <laughs> against your, your your potential new employers, you don't want to be putting a hat trick past them, but you want to be showing them that I can put a hat trick past you. So, yeah, I mean, it's a no win situation for him, really, isn't it? I don't think it matters how he performs. I think City still look at him regardless of how he plays this game and think, yeah, that's the strike we want. So I don't think it will matter if he has an absolute stinker or if he scores. I mean, obviously they wouldn't want him to score a hat trick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to matter how, how he plays too much. He doesn't. He doesn't turn up all the time in big games. I know he loves the North London Derby goal and things like that, but he doesn't have the most amazing track record for the biggest games. Uh, so I'm not sure how he's going to turn up. I think it's going to be relying on the whole team, honestly, because he's one of those players. I don't think he can exactly turn a game on his head by himself. He's players around him like Sun, you know, he wants to link up with. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he performs. I'm not sure if he gets the goal or anything, to be honest. I think City do comfortably eat past them. Yep. And tonight's game, um, the, the Yorkshire derby, as most people like to call it, United against United. How do you, how do you see that one? I mean, that's, that's a crackerjack fixed well, to start the season with. Yeah. You probably, being a Leeds fan or a United fan, <laughs> uh, fans back in the stadium, you probably couldn't ask for a better opener uh, to the season, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I not you think of is Liverpool or City that's, that's probably the rich history between those two clubs that's massive um, they had their game I think it was like last year they had a massive I think 4-1 or yeah. something crazy like that it was a great, great game and the other one was I think it was nil or draw wasn't the most pleasant um, but yeah a massive game for both clubs 
they just go out, guns blazing, no matter who they're playing, it doesn't matter. Which you saw against uh, Liverpool in the opening day of last season, where they went down 4-3, unfortunately. Um, and then United, yeah, they've recruited strong. I don't think Varane's playing, I believe. He ha- still hasn't even technically been announced, which is no. ridiculous. Why it's taken so long. Um, Sancho, I'm not sure if he'll start. He'll be there about. And then Leeds, again, like they're just they're going to go out for it. So it's, I think it's going to be high scoring. I can't see it being a stalemate purely because the atmosphere will just be unbelievable. But I do fancy United to get the win at home. Yeah, so my, my mail's got uh, Lingard, Bailey, uh, Tellez and uh, and Cavani unavailable for United, or well, Manchester United, let's get it right there, uh, for tonight's game. So um, with Varane missing as well, that they've got the potential to, to really push for the title, but you need to start well. And with those five missing, that's, well, again, as most people know, that's half the team missing. Yeah, exactly. I think I think it will be important to see how Martial performs in his first few weeks. Because I know Cavani, I think I believe Cavani's out for a number of weeks to start the season, and then you've got Rashford still um, with a shoulder injury. So I think Martial needs to start well because he hasn't had the best campaigns at United, and there's a bit of pressure on him. I think a lot of teams are. I think there's a couple of teams that are chasing him now, and they'll probably be happy to offload him if if he's not going to perform for them. Because end of the day, they need strikers and perform. And Cavani, I don't think, can do it for the whole season by himself. So Martial needs to put pull his um, finger out to start the season. And if he does pull a good few games, get a few goals, then he'll be thereabouts for the rest of the season, which is good to see. Yep. So... Uh, oh, I've got a question. Go on, then. Yeah, I want to know if there's any Aussies that we should be aware of playing across the EPL teams. Not I, I can't think of any. Not that I'm aware of. No. Matt Ryan's Matt moved to Spain. Yeah, well, Southampton have that um, boy that was in the Holy oh. Roos squad, um, Caleb Watts, I believe it is. Yep. So he might see a bit more minutes this year with a few of the, you know, the <laughs> fact that um, Southampton have lost a few players. So hopefully he sees a few minutes. I think, I believe Brighton still have one other Aussie, and I believe Fulham, oh, they're in the championship, obviously. But yeah, they, they, they have a good Aussie um, as well who started their open day of the season as well. So there's a couple still lurking around, but they're no... I suppose there are no bigger names like Matty Ryan and things like that. Yeah, fair enough. And I guess the fact that you can't bring their names to hand either of you, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have oh, to do yeah, a bit no, of research well, I mean, on that one. Yeah. Got to keep an eye on them. That, that's cool. So, um, Aaron, PSG, yeah. champions of the world? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or are they going to go for uh, the universe? <laughs> they, this is now or never for them to win the Champions League. <laughs> It's the strongest squad that you've seen any team pull out for however long you want to think back. The, um, the 74 Bayern Munich side, probably. Yeah. The strike force is unbelievable. Um, it was good even before Messi arrived. Now that he's there, it's just next level. Um, and then the, they went and signed, you know, Sergio Ramos and <laughs> Donnarumma and Hakimi and Wijnaldum. And, you know, it's all in the one transfer. It's ridiculous. But... Yeah. As I said, I think it's literally now or never for them. If they don't win the Champions League this year, I think Pochettino would be getting the sack regardless, and then their owners would not be pleased in the slightest because of the wage bill that they're paying each week. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think they win the Champions League. I think they have enough this time, and, yeah, they have probably bottled it at recent occasions, but I do think they get over the line. Yeah, I think their biggest competitors would, well, most bookies have them as is City. I think they're the strongest... Um, title like you know championship rivals there but I do think PSG will win it this year um like they like they should I think <laughs> they I don't think should, yeah. price for anybody 
What's, so, the, what's the story you know, be, behind Sergius Ramos leaving Real Madrid? I thought he would be there till death do his part. <laughs> or bank balance empty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's been many, many seasons now that he kind of, in a way, says he wants to leave and then ends up getting a new wage, um, an increased wage every season. So I don't know if they were always scare tactics from his end because he was always linked with United and... Um, a number of clubs were after him for many years, but as I said, every year he'd sign a new deal. But I'm not, I'm not too sure. Maybe around Bridge start, he doesn't feel they're going in the right direction or he wanted a new challenge. I, mean, I can't speak, obviously, on his personal terms, but yeah, I don't, I'm not, I was surprised that he was willing to leave, but I guess, you know, Real Madrid's loss is PSG's gain. To get him on a free transfer, it's crazy. Yes. Yeah, wow. Well, I was trying to get uh, Penny's head around the free transfer concept, but uh, she, she can't sort it out, which is lucky for us here in the so A-League because money. we don't have a transfer system. Mm. That being said, great segue there. What what, uh, what are you looking forward to in the upcoming A-League season, Aaron? Mm. I think it will be very exciting. I think the whole Paramount situation, Travel mm. Pen, um, is a good step in the right direction. I've, I've already seen firsthand they've been doing a lot of promotional work. You know, Channel 10's been having a number of the A-League players on each morning and talking football, which is good because I think, obviously I'm not going to say in Fox Sports in any way, but, you know, I think they're doing a lot more than Fox Sports did um, throughout the last couple of years. So that's good to see. It is a worry, you know, being a new streaming network and stuff, how many play, how many people will sign up for it. But if they can get the viewership there and um, depending on COVID situations and whatnot, um, will depend on crowd numbers. But I think it promises to be a good season. There's a few... You know, great teams being being built. I think uh, Wanderers have signed a few great players. Uh, Victory look good again. They've got Popper now at the helm. Yep. And they've signed, you know, Chris Economides and occasionally... We were um, mentioning him Nick again. Agostino. <laughs> you know, apparently Nick Agostino is going as well yep. in the next couple of days. So yeah. They're building quite the squad there. They've signed a number of players. But, yeah, and obviously MacArthur Bulls as well. They've made a number of signings. So I think it promises to be a really good season. Last season was... One of the most entertaining seasons I can actually remember in a while. Those first few rounds were crazy. Every game was just, you know, roller coaster. So I think it's just it's good for the A League. It's what it needs to be. It's being shown more and more around the world. More and more social media companies are yep. picking up on and sharing our highlights. And yeah, it's, it's just what the A League needs. I think. Yeah. Um, with, with, pa- with Paramount, I mean, we only have to go back uh, a, a few seasons for when Optus took over the, the streaming rights for the EPL and how much uh, angst we had about that one. But uh, that's been seamless and hopefully Paramount will do the same thing. On a, a, a more local uh, thought process with the FFA, is it still the FFA Cup? Pen, FA think, Cup, I, FFA Cup. I think it's Cup. still called the FFA Cup. We've yes. got Floriot yeah. uh, Athena uh, hosting Adelaide United on Tuesday the 24th. How do you see the... Um, that and and who's your tip for the cup to continue? Hmm. Uh, to would it be Adelaide United with their, you know, I mean they basically just they should just call it the uh, it's for Adelaide Cup, shouldn't they? Oh. <laughs> well, I mean they're always in the final and they, they regularly win it. It's hard to pick it honestly because um, Adelaide have lost Tommy Urich for um, yeah. the Yes, they've kept you know Stephen Moore and like their captain. I, don't know, I wouldn't say that as strong. I believe Craig Goodwin's still there for another loan season, so that's a good signing in itself. But I don't know. I think I think that manager there, um, Bert, he he seems to put together a really good squad. And I know a lot of they had a lot of queries around them last season, and then they are finishing third or fourth. So you know, they've, I think they've built a very squad 
top-rated team rather than, you know, a bunch of individuals. So I think they'll still have a very impressive A-League campaign and possibly go far again in the FA Cup. Flory for the Cup, well done. That's that's what we like to hear. There's some absolutely, uh, you know, magical names that uh, that are in this uh, round of 32. I mean, you've got Sydney Olympic versus Sydney FC. I mean, that that's going to be an absolute kick fest. South Melbourne, who, who believe they should be in the A-League against Melbourne City, but the team that they believe took their spot. You've got um, Wollongong Wolves, who will be uh, away to Mount Druitt. I mean, that some of these names that, that have that rich history are now... Of, showing in the cup exactly why and, and pushing their card as to why maybe an expanded uh, expanded uh, A-League should include these sorts of sides. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's just that's, I think that's a big reason why the FA Cup was kind of founded is the fact that there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of great NPL teams out there and, you know, it's the magic of the cup at the end of the day, same as the FA Cup in the in England. So hmm. the cup. I know I've, I've, I've got a team somewhat locally to me. Hazelbrook, a few years ago, they went quite far. They got it to the to the round just before the... Um, it was the I think it was just before the um, where the A-League teams come in, they got to there and they ended up playing Mountain Jordan and lost. They're, a, they're just a Sunday League club and they got far and it's just the magic of the cup for them. Um, same as Mount Jordan as well. Uh, I've got quite a few mates that are thereabouts around the club and they were really hoping for an A-League team um, get drawn at home to because at the end of the day it brings in money it brings in the supporters yeah. and the atmosphere but look, Willing or Wolf for them will be a challenging game um, but yeah Mount Jordan look good uh, in the NPL but it's hard to tell this season with um, what's going to happen with the FA Cup in terms of the NPL teams how good they'll be because I know Prince Wales just announced that they're suspending the league because of COVID yes all yeah. the all four leagues in New Wales so Obviously, that puts a damper on their form and their trainings and playing games regularly. So, but at the end of the day, it's cup. As I said, it's cup before. It's exciting. There's a few big games there, and it'll be really interesting to see. I, lo- I love to see you know smaller teams go further. It's always what you want to see. That's the magic of the cup. Just before we let you go, Aaron, your tip for the EPL: City, Liverpool, well, <laughs> Burnley. I've gone Chelsea. We released our. Um, on my podcast for Trophies, we released our predictions the other day on YouTube. Right. Um, and being a Chelsea fan, I went Chelsea. But well done. <laughs> greatly. I think, like, you know, Lukaku coming was the missing puzzle piece for us. I think we'll be there about. But then you obviously got to look at City. I don't think Liverpool will win it. No. Nope. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell with, you know, Van Dyke coming back. Yes, he's back. He's coming back off a long-term injury. Yeah, with Ronaldo going uh, as well. That's, uh, you know, sort exactly. of one, one big one in and one big one out. So, yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of people do. I don't think a lot of people realise how big of a miss Ronaldo was. Yep. He's just kind of that silent hero. He just carries the team um, without, you know, expecting any praise. And then you got Thiago, who didn't really light up the home last year like everybody expected him to. So, their midfield is asking a few questions of each other, I think. Um, yeah, I'm just excited for the whole thing, honestly. It's going to be... A close, very very close season I feel, um, and yeah, there's just there's four or five teams that can win it honestly, and that that's the beauty of that's what you need. That's why it's the best league in the world. Everybody says because it's so competitive that any team can knock off the other team every other week. Yep. All right, Aaron. Thank you very much for your time today. We really do appreciate it here at the uh, World Football Program, and we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Good on you, Aaron. Thanks. 
Thanks, Thanks mate. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It's yeah. our pleasure. See Thank ya. you very much. Stay safe over there. And you've got Pennon. You're talking more football, of course, until 12 o'clock. Oh, is it going to take... Oh, yeah, come on, like, Penny. I, just, I saw the look on yet? your face there and I'm like, it's okay. You, you're a quarter of the way through the program. You and you're doing just fine. Uh, next next guest up is Matt. Are we going to talk any local football before we... We can do. That, yep. That's what's on the running sheet. So uh, I'm going to throw that to you then, Pen. And, you know, uh, as the host, you can throw the running sheet out the door and no, no, you can no, do... No, 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 no. Oh, I just wanted to this, look this on your face. This is a live line. <laughs> so we'll go through um, the NPLW women's fixtures. So it was round 18. So those that uh, may not have heard, there was two games last night. Fremantle City beat Perth SC 2-1. Yep. Penn, you want to do the next one? Yeah, I do. So that was uh, Mum FC and Subiaco. And Subiaco are having a tough time. They have had a tough time. Yes, this is their second year in the mm-hmm. NPL. But um, languishing at, at the bottom part of the table and... Yeah, Mum FC um, nine goals <coughs> last night was. They yeah. won. Mum FC won last night, which is which is good. Yeah, uh, and we've got uh, two fixtures on Sunday, which will be the Hyundai NTC versus Balcata. That's at Ashfield, and the Northern Redbacks against Curtin Uni, which is at Celebration Park. Both of those games will kick off at three pm. Yep, and the table. The table. The table has Mum top of the table uh, with forty one points after. 17, it says 17, that, that can't be right. It was round 18 last night, so maybe they haven't factored that game last night um, into this current maybe, table. Or there oh, we had the a few postponed fixtures. Yes, we had that on. round postponed. Yep. Second on the table is Northern Redbacks, who have only played the 16 games. They're only two points behind. Fremantle City on uh, third place. And as you mentioned, Penn, uh, Subiaco having a, a bit of a tough time in their second season back into the NPL. Yeah, and just, with, a, just a note on that too, because Northern Redbacks are playing the game against Curtin on Sunday mm-hmm. um, and Mum and, and Redbacks are within a couple of points of each yep. other if uh, Northern Redbacks win that game. They go the, top of the table. Yeah, that's right. That's right. With, no one could drop any points. With a game in hand. No, that'll put the, both teams on the same amount of games played. Yes. yes. Yep. And and can I just say that Go um, top goal scorer at the moment is Kat Yukic from Mum FC. And in the top one, two, three, four, five players of the NPLW uh, sit to Mum FC players in Ellie Lamont on nine and Kat Yukic on 12. But uh, Larissa Walsh from Northern Redbacks sitting second with 10 goals. She's had a fantastic season. Yes, she has. The Redbacks. Yep. Consistent performer yep. all the way through. Uh, what do you want to go to next, Penn? Uh, we can nip down to the Women's State League Division 1. Go for it. Okay, yep. So sitting on top of that table is um, Sterling. No. That can't be right. That's the men's. Uh, UWA, sorry. I nearly went into the men's <laughs> state league then. Um, so the Women's State League Division 1 UWA is sitting on top with uh, 35 points there over Southwest Phoenix. And Southwest Phoenix uh, tend to be in the top couple mm-hmm. of the, the table whenever they appear. Um, very strong. Amalgamated side from down in the Bunbury area there. Yep. And I've got to say, the match of the round is has got to be Sorrento versus UWA. So that's Sorrento, third place, UWA, sitting on top of the table at the moment. So that'll be a bit of a cracker game for the weekend. Get on down if you can. So that's at Windy Hill? Uh, Sorrento, yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely. There's a few windy hills around the place. Yeah, no, no, the, 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 the windy hill. I've been <laughs> yeah. told I can't the call northern it. northern windy hill. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to call it that every time I mention it, apparently. Do, do you know, I think the, the southern windy hill might be Mum FC Stadium. It's not that windy there. Oh, it, it can work up a bit of a cracking uh, whip through. It's a bit flat, so if it is blowing, you, you feel it. It's kind of on the top of, um, like they've got the grass playing fields down below, and then in the evening, 
when the sun's going down, it's pretty cold and the wind can really rip through there. Through that, yeah, sitting yeah. in the grandstand. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Yeah. So where to next, Pen? We're oh. going to do the men's yep. state league. We've got uh, the fixtures for the today is Forestfield United versus UWA. Joondalup United versus Subiaco AFC, Fremantle City versus Sean Ke- Kelly's Ashfield. We've got Western Knights against Stirling Macedonia. Mandra City will be hosting Quinns, a distant derby of some sort. And Swan United will play Kingsway Olympic. And that, that the Men's State League Division 1. That's right. Yep. Did I not, did I not yeah, say that? Yeah, that's cool. Because there's, uh, there's only one division in the State League for the women in yeah. the State League, but there's two in the men. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Just a differentiating for our listeners out there. I th- okay. Because you stay state league, it I, could be men's, could be I women's, one or two. Okay. I thought we yeah. were on the same page there. You were doing the women's state league one. I did the yeah, good yeah. one here. Yeah, all right. Good. Thank good you. Teamwork. It's all learning. Thank yep. you. The latter has <laughs> Sterling Macedonia, uh, runaway leaders mm. uh, by 12 points, top of the table, followed by the Western Knights. And at the other end of the table, we have Swan FC, uh, Ashfield and Forestfield United. So that makes that Western Knights, Sterling Macedonia game an absolute blockbuster. Yeah, so get, uh, get on down to um, the Knights. That's down at um, East Frio. Western Knights. Nashfield. Sorry, God, I had one. a bit of a, in, a uh, brain burp there. Yeah, Nashfield. Ned- Netherlands area? Ne- no, it's not, not Netherlands. But, yeah, so that's uh, first versus second or in hosting order, second versus first. So, yeah, the Macedonia are on 46 points, Western Knights 34 points. Okay. Save the rest for later. Second division? Or are you going to go? I can up? do second division, Penny. I've got it right oh, here well, in front of me. Well, if you want to get mad on the line, that's oh. fine, or we can keep talking. I don't mind. Up to you. You're the host, Hugh. Put your foot down. What do you want to do now? I reckon people have heard enough of me for the time being. We can okay. do the uh, the other fixtures later in case sure. the, a line goes. Bzz. Let's go to some promos <laughs> and get that on. And I'll get some promos on, and we will be back after the break with Matt Cheeseman, the referees manager at Football Australia. Stay with us. It's Hugh and Penn on 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Good one, Hugh. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Press those buttons. And Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. So, Paul, you said no to a beer before the game, but after the game, it's beer o'clock. So you need all your reflexes here, but not here. Here, you are like a cat. That's not cat-like. Boom, reflexes. Not so much. This is good. This is bad. You're not going to blow it here, but here, yep. Maybe you should stay as sharp in your car as you are in goal, Paul. Authorised by the State Government, Perth. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. 
Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to 107.9 Radio Fremantle, the World Football Programme, with your sweating host, Hugh, and Penn, who's smiling and giggling every chance she gets, just with the look of fear on my face. Yeah, I'm good. I'm calm and relaxed. Oh, I bet you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least one of us is. <laughs> on the line at the moment, we have Matthew Cheeseman. Matt, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear oh, you. It's, uh, you did that deliberately. You did, yeah. All the and, uh, it's, good, it's good to see they let the work experience kid come back for another week. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about how many weeks they're going to continue with this. <laughs> well, it can't, be lo- it can't be longer than the lockdown we're living in. So yeah, I know. How are you coping with that, Matt? Everything okay with you? Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, uh, for myself now, it's eight weeks down and uh, we've had uh, some more restrictions announced this morning, which um, realistically, as I said uh, last time I was on the show, you know, I've, I've um, you know, just stayed in the apartment. I've not left the place, so I'm doing the right thing and hopefully everyone else will do the right thing and, and we can see these numbers come down eventually. But, um, you know, it's, it's good to see at least that uh, everyone back home is nice and safe. So you're in New South Wales where they've just cancelled the competition for the year? Yes, yes. So I, uh, I moved down to Sydney from the Gold Coast, where I was with uh, my previous role. Uh, moved down here for nearly two years ago now, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's been fun dealing with all the ins and outs of lockdowns and everything with uh, you know competition stopping and starting. And uh, yeah, as Aaron said in the in the last segment, you know the New South Wales uh, football, New South Wales has made the tough decision to cancel all their competitions for the rest of the year, which is obviously you know, disappointing, um, but I suppose it was inevitable um, with, with where we're at at the moment. Um, the situation here isn't looking too good, um, and uh, you know, it's, it's obviously putting a, a damper on a lot of aspects of life, let alone just football. And FFA Cup, as you mentioned as well, it's, you know, it's, it's trying now to see, well, how can we get that competition up and running? Um, we know that as uh, as you mentioned previously, you know that competition is uh, is very much a great way to bring grassroots football and and uh, and the A League together and and you know reduce the the gap in that um, uh, in the footballing landscape and and um, it would be disappointing if we didn't have it again for a second season. Um, but I'm sure our competitions team at uh, Football Australia uh, are doing everything they can and have got. I know they've got so many different plans and contingencies and obviously we're just waiting to see what happens. What does that mean for you, Matt? So yeah. if uh, you're in lockdown, well, what exactly does the referees manager for the FA do in lockdown? <laughs> well, surprisingly, uh, I'm, I'm extremely busy. Uh, than, well, a lot busier than I thought I would be at this time of year. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff we... Um, doing the background from a, a community landscape perspective as well, um, working with the member federations. Obviously, you know, not every member federation is uh, is in a hiatus at the moment. Um, there's football being played, as you pointed out, with all the fixtures and tables and everything earlier. There's football being played all around the country. So working with the member federations uh, on the community side of things. Um, and, and it also gives us an opportunity to... Um, you know, reassess some of our uh, processes and, and, you know, rewrite uh, course materials and all, all the sorts of, you know, rainy day housework stuff that you would expect to do, um, you know, in, in your own place. Um, you know, we, we would do the same thing. But, you know, we're still preparing for a, 
uh, a new National League season with the A-League and the W-League kicking off in October, November, um, which is, you know, only 11 weeks away. So it's, uh, you know, that, that sounds like a real short... Uh, it sounds like it's a, it's a decent period of time, but um, in, in football, it's it's not a lot when you consider pre-season. Clubs are already training again. Our referees will be going back, uh, those that can, uh, to start doing pre-season training shortly. Um, and, uh, yeah, just getting everyone ready. So we've seen the Olympics wrap up and two uh, well-recognised referees from Australia um, participate in there. Tell us about them and what it means for their journey now to be recognised in such a prestigious tournament, yeah, Tokyo twenty twenty slash twenty one was uh, was obviously a, a great um, uh, you know great spectacle um, under the circumstances. And the football we saw the football tournament was brilliant. And and obviously from a, a personal perspective, from the referees, uh, we were um, really excited to see that we had uh, our men's trio there: Chris Beath, Anton Shetnan, and George Lacrindus were appointed to the men's gold medal match. Um, and it's, uh, you know, Chris was only the second Australian referee to whistle the men's gold medal uh, match at the Olympics uh, and the first since Ron Wright in 1956 in Melbourne. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's been a long, long time coming. And, um, yeah, he, he had a fantastic tournament. The whole the whole team did uh, and, and were well recognised to, to receive that appointment. And, um, you know, for Chris, he's now refereed the final of the AFC Under-23 Championships, now the Olympics, which is effectively the FIFA Under-23 Championships um, with some overage players and uh, with a World Cup only about 15 months away mm-hmm. uh, in Qatar at the end of next year. Um, he's certainly put himself into a into a good position. Um, we do have, uh, you know, in, in that trio, um, we did have Ashley Beecham, who is one of Chris's regular assistant referees, was cruelly ruled out due to injury only two weeks prior to the tournament. So... Um, you know, there's there's challenges that can come up as well. We see players missing out on on tournaments, and um, you know, I really feel for Ashley, but he's he's coming back well with his rehab, and and will be back on the field in no time. But that gave an opportunity for George to uh, to step in as well and and uh, take some success at uh, yeah. at very short notice, I guess. But not just the men. We also had Kate Jackovich right. there um, and refereeing in the women's tournament, and Kate had. Two absolute blockbuster appointments. She had Netherlands Brazil in the group stage, yep. and then Netherlands USA in the quarterfinals. So, um, you know, you can't get many bigger games uh, when you look at uh, the world rankings and the top national teams in women's football. And um, yeah, she did fantastically well. And I think she would have been very close to also being uh, appointed for the gold medal match. I would think, but. Um, you know, politically, whether having two Australians yes. referee both gold medal matches would work or not is another issue. Yeah, but well. um, all, all four of them had, uh, um, you know, did a great uh, job representing Australia and representing football. And, um, you know, we were really proud to, to see them perform. And they're now back in the country in, in quarantine, serving their time um, before they can go back and celebrate with friends and family. Excellent. Now, the reason we've got you on the uh, on the line, Matt, is to talk some serious Serious football chat. <laughs> football manager, mate. You and I, we love it. We absolutely love it. Can you tell and explain to Penny exactly yeah, why we love it? What, what is she it? has no idea. I'm going, are you off your head? <laughs> I mean, I was trying to explain the free uh, free agent transfer policy, which we both know from football manager. We start looking for those targets in January. And Penny's going, well, how does that work? Just talk to us about yeah, football manager, mate. 
It's uh, it's funny, you know, when when you asked me, Huey, uh, to to have a chat about this, and and you know very much Ooh, that yeah. uh, you know this is one of my hobbies outside of refereeing, <laughs> as much as that takes up a fair majority of my time. I call uh, it obsession. It's, it's not a hobby. Yeah, it is an obsession. <laughs> and, uh, anyone who's seen anyone who's seen my Twitter profile says <laughs> it, it says football manager addict. Uh, and I think that's the best way to describe my relationship with this game. And um, I've been I've been playing this game since uh, the late nineties yep. as a as a very young teenager. Um, and I think it's it's probably how I developed my um, I suppose a knowledge base in football. And you know, being able to uh, you know understand things like transfer systems and all that. You know, as a very young uh, person who wasn't playing in the game, and and a couple of as much as I'd always loved the game, and then a couple of years later I got into refereeing. But um, you know, it is it is very much the the most in depth football management game that you can get, and and it's you know you can you can manage your your club of choice to the nth degree, yep. whether it be you just buy and sell players and pick the teams, or you 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 know look at training, you look at your coaching staff, you go through finances, etc. But you know, I think all football supporters have said at one time or another that you know they could do better than their current manager at their club, or you know this player <laughs> should have been signed or whatever. And, and it gives them it gives them the ability to actually go out there and do it. And there's you know there's the famous story of how um, when Alex McLeish was managing Rangers that. His son, when he was playing this game, uh, you know, found this 15-year-old uh, kid in the database named uh, Lionel Messi, yep. and said, "Dad, you've got to, you've got to get this guy." You know, he was in Barcelona's youth team, and said, "Look, you've got to get this guy." He turns out to be the best player in the game, and you know, the, the <laughs> scouting network that uh, that the company that creates it, Sports Interactive, have is is one of the biggest scouting networks in the world. And in fact, there's a lot of clubs in the world that use their database for the purpose of scouting uh, for real-life teams. And anyway, McLeish said he contacted Barcelona and said, you know, we want to get this kid in on on loan and everything else, and they refused. They said, no, no, we see him having a future here, and obviously, uh, you know, history tells the rest of it. But, um, yeah, it's it's a game which it just immerses you in this um, uh, footballing world which has so many parallels to real life because when you start the game, it is it is real life where you start but then as you start playing the game and you get 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the track depending on how long you want to play <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you end up having players that are you know completely random completely new and, and you know Huey and I'm sure you're the same as me is that you'll you'll have memories of, of games that have gone on that yep. long in the future and say oh I had this wonder kid named X and and he was uh, you know he was the best player I've ever seen and everyone goes who, who the hell is that yep. you know and it, I was playing it, football it, manager on my PSP and I was Perth Glory's manager uh, this was probably uh, 2013 and I was up to season 2025 the glory were doing the quadruple every year and three years running because of the wage structuring, three years running, my superstar went to Europe twice to AC Milan and they became, so I had three years running winning the, the toilet seat, the uh, Premier's Plate, the Asian Cup and the World Club Championship and ex-players were World Players of the Year. And they were just random regens. And I'm going, oh, finally I could have kept them. And I go, oh, well, let's get another player in. <laughs> it was Absolutely. unbelievable. So, so what, what's your game of choice there, Matt? So a football manager comes in a variety of different um, different things. My my favourite's the uh, the FM handheld on the iPad because I can take the iPad with me anywhere and just play it. You, you're more computer-based? 
Yeah, look, uh, it, the game does come in in many different formats. You've got um, even on the PC, you've got two different formats as well. You've yep. got the let's call it the full fat version, yep. which has all the detail <laughs> you can want, and then you've got what's called FM Touch, which is uh, a bit of a watered down version. And the, it's it's good for people who are new to the game. But yeah, Football Manager Mobile and, yep. and uh, on, on devices as well. I used to play it on um, on devices. Well, I've pr- always played it on PC uh, and and the full fat version. But, you know, when I used to be moving around, I'd have it on my iPad as well for, you know, a quick fix, so to say. Um, <laughs> but um, I, you know, pretty much only need my PC at the moment because I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so it's, um, it, it's very much uh, front and, and centre on my personal laptop. Uh, I, I deliberately don't have it installed on my work laptop for obvious reasons. Yep. Um, but, uh, no, look, I mean, the, the game itself, it's... Uh, you know, it, it's it's a escapism, you yep. know, from from reality, I'm and, and I think you. that's yep. what that's what people like about it. Is you know, even last year um, when the current version was released, and and COVID was the, the huge talking point in football, talking about crowds, and and you know, they they did a lot of research with fans as to well, how do we implement COVID into um, into the game? Not so much the disease itself, but the effects of yep. COVID. Uh, and, you know, whether they have crowds in the game, whether they don't have crowds. And obviously, not having crowds impacts the finances of a club quite severely, mm-hmm. as we've seen over the last 18 months. And, uh, and you know, for the for the good of the game and, and for, for people playing it, they said, well, we're not going to go to that extent of having no crowds because, um, you know, it is, a, it, it is an escape mechanism. Yep. And, you know, people were... So, um, I guess, frustrated with not being able to see football, not being able to go to football. And they said, this is an opportunity to not remind people of that. Uh, and, and I thought that was a, a great way of looking at it. Um, and, you know, they, they do think about all the effects on the game and, and even the, the nature of transfers and, and more clubs loaning players last season because of the financial impact of COVID, um, again, was, was built into the game. So it is the most realistic um, simulation that you can get for for the sport and I think that's why so many people love it. Uh, I have a question before we do let you go Matt, just on the um, referees that have come back from the Olympics um, the the four referees um, mm-hmm. what about here in Australia now what impact will this have on their careers as far as opportunities and pathways and also how will FA the FA use them to help promote and publicise refereeing further here? Yeah, look, I think it's a great uh, great question, Penny, and, and obviously from their own personal development, um, you know, they are, they, are all, they are at the top of their game, um, uh, you know, in their respective fields. And, and even Kate, we've seen, um, was officiating in the A-League or is officiating in the A-League. Um, at the moment, she's done a handful of matches uh, so far. Um, Kate's had a few injury set- setbacks over over the last twelve mm. months, and has done remarkably well to come back and get to the Olympics and and show um, you know her quality at the highest level. And I think when you consider that we've got a men's World Cup at the end of next year, we've got a women's World Cup six, seven months later on home soil. Um, there's so many opportunities there now. Uh, the World Cup is the ultimate ultimate aim for any match official. Uh, it certainly was mine when I was officiating uh, until you know my career ended with injury as well. Uh, but I think I think when you look at Chris, he's put himself now in the best position to to get selected for that World Cup. Kate's done the same thing uh, for the Women's World Cup here in 2023, and it's not just about being selected. It's then about okay, well, you know, getting yourself in a position to be considered for the later stages, being in a position to be selected for the final, which 
you know, Chris has done at the Olympics, Kate's goal is quite clearly to referee the final of the Women's World yep. Cup if, of course, the Matildas are not playing in it. Which, um, yeah, it's which is double-edged sword, isn't it, really? <laughs> it is, and, and that's, that's the, the nature of the beast when it comes to um, refereeing at tournaments, is that, you know, unfortunately, for a referee to go far, their team can't. Yeah. Uh, and that's where it becomes difficult. But, you know, from a uh, national perspective, the Women's World Cup gives us so many, um, you know, possibilities on home soil and getting uh, not just... Uh, you know, women and girls into the game and and trying to get to the highest levels, um, but just general participation across the board. I think we underestimate um, how many uh, you know male supporters there are of the Matildas and and women's football now, and and you know so much so that while we're talking football manager, they're they're going to be bringing this into the game uh, in the coming years, and and they've always said they want to make they want to do if they're going to do it, they're going to do it properly, yep. and you know make it the best. You know, women's football gaming experience that it can be as well, and I think that's that's the power of of um, the sport at the moment. And when you see the Matilda succeed as they did at the Olympics, um, it's only going to have benefit for all aspects exactly. of the game. And yeah. refereeing's no different. So we're we're harnessing that. We've obviously got um, a lot of legacy projects uh, around the World Cup, and refereeing's no different. We're looking at the ways that we can ensure that the um, you know the the value of having a World Cup on home soil. Uh, and the success of our referees is harnessed across the board, and uh, you know that's that's our that's our aims over the the coming years, but also a long time into the future um, to to ensure that refereeing shares in the same success of the sport. Brilliant, Matt. Before we let you go, I'll just uh, just in case you don't have enough uh, football manager. There's one on the mobile devices called Retro Football Manager. I'm currently managing the 1974 Bayern Munich side, so I've got Beckenbauer as the captain. You've got Breitner. You you know. It, that's another one to go for. I had uh, the, the 1978 West Brom side. You know, I thought I did quite well. I finished ninth in the in the league. I, admittedly, Laurie Cunningham wasn't uh, in the squad for some unknown reason, <laughs> but uh, they gave me the boot. I couldn't believe it. West Brom ninth well, in the I, league. I, I thought, gee I can't whiz. That either. I mean, what did they expect you that you were going to uh, go back and run a radio show? Well, I mean, you know, ridiculous. But <laughs> it, 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 it might have been. You know, like the, yep. The community in Football Manager is fantastic. Yep. You know, creating all these retro databases. Now, I did. I was playing a game uh, earlier in the year where I took the 2000 and 2001. Socceroos team, the one that you know cruelly missed out yes. on the 2002 World Cup. Uh, took them. We ended up going to the World Cup. You know, made the semi-finals. And you look at that and you go, "Geez, it's, it's a sliding doors what if moment, <laughs> isn't it?" Right. But it's those sorts of nostalgia aspects as well that I think you know the the escapism from reality and allowing people to um, you know play out their own fantasies. Yep. Uh, you know, if you're not a, a FIFA player and you don't want to actually you know be the one kicking the ball, etc. Um, I never wanted to do that on the field. I don't want to do it in a game. I'm quite happy. <laughs> quite happy being the manager. <laughs> <laughs> Sensational. Good, Good on you, Matt. Thank you very much for making time for us today. And uh, we will talk to you during the season, if uh, that's Whichever okay with you. That might be. Whenever that yeah, might not be. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem, guys. And lastly, I just want to express uh, my condolences to Jerry Mayo's mm-hmm. family, to Bayswater City, and the entire WA football family. Um, obviously, no doubt today will be a, a very emotional day around the grounds. And, yep. and as everyone reflects on Jerry's time in the game and the contribution that he made. So may, may he rest in peace, and I wish everyone all the best. Thanks, well said, Matt. Matt. Well said. Good on you. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon, Matt. Thank you. Cheers, guys. All the best. Bye. Bye. See ya. That was Matt Cheeseman. It's really important to have uh, referees come and talk about their trade, their, yes. what they do with us in, in a way that is easy to communicate with, to find out about 
rules and development and progress and ambitions, pathways? Yeah, I've said it uh, time and time again. We uh, and we mention this regularly when we speak with Matt or Simon about the, the lack of numbers. There, there comes a time in every player's career where they go, I'm not going to play internationally for my country of choice. But as we've seen with Chris Beath, you can win a gold medal playing for your country if you take up the whistle and you dedicate yourself there. The, the And I heard the phrase churn rate. The churn rate of players who become referees is very, very low. You can maintain your interest in the game. You can actually be an integral part of every game if you think, I'm not going to make the grade as a player, but with the right development, with the right training and the right application, you can exceed your ambitions as an official. Yeah, I suppose that goes for being a volunteer in any part of yeah, you. Volunteer, I mean, yep. you could uh, manage, you could mm. coach. Um, yep. You could uh, be part of the canteen. You'd be grounds coordinator. There's so I mean, clubs, so many big clubs now that there's lots of different parts that you can be involved and help make the football world tick over. That's it, exactly. We will be back in a few moments with our next guest, Tia Stonehill, and I will see if I can get these buttons working correctly, and we will be back after this. This is Penn and Hughes. 107.9 FM, your local station. 107.9 FM. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at futsalwa.org.au or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au G'day. I'm Peter Skeeler, the man behind A-LeagueStats.com and part of the World Football Team for 2021. Joining me this year will be women's football expert Penny Tannehoe, Ashfield Sports Club member Sean Kelly, Subutio expert Hugh Best and Junior Matilda's goalkeeper Miranda Templeman. We will be with you every Saturday morning through to the end of November talking football. Catch the show on live stream or via our new website, listen in later on the podcast or land on our Facebook page and share your football news. The World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.
Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle, the world football program with your sweating host, Huey and Penny. That was actually a pretty good introduction there, the UEFA theme. Yeah, no, I, I know that. Yep, yep. T would like that. Yep. Superstar So stuff. we have on the line Tia Stonehill, Mum FC Superstar. Tia, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, yes. sensational. Hugh, you're doing okay. Tia, it's, Hugh's doing his 101 training, okay? So he's just sweating a bit, but he's doing okay. How are you, Tia? I'm good, thank you. It's okay, Hugh. It's my first time too. So <laughs> yeah, but you're the other end of the phone too. It's a little bit easier, I would have thought. Uh, <laughs> you're doing well. By the way, I've got a question from Craig for you, Tia. He says, do you want to run in the 23 so you can get a chance at that hat trick? <laughs> I, just, I just saw that message go in there looking for players. I'll see how the body holds up. <laughs> yeah, the, the, Getting d- to the, uh, the end of the season and my body's... Yeah, my body can tell that it's getting to the end of the season, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, how does running, like training and playing on the turf um, go with your body? Um, I think it's a bit more impact on the body, but I think I'm kind of used to it now. At first, it was a bit hard to get used to. I feel like um, my calves were getting really sore, but I think, yeah, I'm kind of adapted to it now, but I love playing on it, um, I guess, because I'm used to it. But I feel like you can play really good football on it, so... There's, I enjoy it. <laughs> there's a lot of variety out there across the fields. So Hugh and I were talking about um, some of the games last night and joy of YouTube being able to multi-watch games um, and catch everything, really, which is great at the moment. And there's a, a real variety of quality of fields. Like there's a Mum FC stadium on that beautiful FIFA-grade turf and then there's yeah. Warhop Park, which is a little bit like a cow paddock mm. at times, I've got to say. And yeah. then, then there's Rosalie Park, Subiaco, which is... Also showing a bit of wear, but I mean, there's get a lot of use and a lot of storms have yep. done done some damage. Yeah, definitely. With the grass, it's obviously really hard to to maintain as well because yeah, we've had so much rain lately, and obviously um, lots of people playing on the pitches. So um, yeah, that's a really good thing about our pitch is that we can play on it any time, and it you know it's always going to uphold. So um, we're really lucky in that sense. Yep, some oh, great, yeah, some great football. When I was watching the game, I was watching the Mum FC game and then the Fremantle game at Warhop last night on YouTube and seeing how the ball was running, running beautifully yeah. across the the FIFA grade turf at uh, the stadium, of course. And it then makes, Warhop Park yeah. is bobbling a little bit, so the players have to yeah. use a couple it, of extra it, it touches. Makes, yeah, makes a big difference, and um, yeah, it's really so, good to play on the turf. So you think Except that's. <laughs> Yep, so you think that uh, that pitch at Mum is in, impacting your form, that, you know, the ball's running true, you can smack it and know exactly where it's coming and where it's going? Yeah, yeah, it's really different, like, playing on that because a lot of the time you overweight the pass uh, because it just flies, but then you'll play on a pitch that's grass and it's all bobbly and you'll <laughs> overhit it, but it's perfect, so it's really hard to judge it every week depending on where you're playing. Yeah, well, you didn't have too much of a problem when you were at Inglewood. Uh, what was it? 30 seconds, 6 seconds? <laughs> I mean, was that the fastest goal you've ever scored? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Really set the tone for that game. I, you know, was in the crowd there. I went, hang on, I'm glad I didn't go for the pie and chips. I would have missed that. Yeah, yeah. Crowd, crowd appreciated it, Tia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, some questions for you. What's the key to Mum's success this year? And I know this is the first year that you've joined Mum FC, but it was inaugural year last year and Mum FC were champions last year. What's the key to the team's success this year? Um, I feel like generally it's a lot 
of the of the players that are at the club. Um, you know, they're all incredible players, and it's just it's such a good environment down there that you know one of the main reasons why I decided to go to um, Mum FC was that I just I saw that they were succeeding, you know, and I know all those players and how they play, and that if I wanted to, you know, improve myself and, and get the most out of you know, my football that I needed to be in that sort of environment. So, like, even the training sessions, you know, it's just all the girls there just bounce with each other and it's just, we're always trying to push each other and because everyone there is just uh, they're great footballers. So you have to push yourself to be at that level and, you know, every week it's you got to fight for your sport on the team and it's just that's, that's the environment you want to be at if you want to be the best, if that makes sense. And, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been really good. Um, we've had a lot of support from the club as well. Um, we've got a lot of people behind us and, and backing us and helping us to succeed as well. Um, there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes that I know really helps us. And um, Mark's, yeah, Mark's been really amazing this year as well in the sense of um, he pushes us, you know, a, a lot. <laughs> um, I know sometimes I'm probably like, Mark, stop talking. Um, but I know it's for the best. <laughs> um, I know he just wants the best out of me and he wants the best out of everyone. And, you know, he really pushes us. And um, I feel like I've developed a lot this season, um, you know, playing under Mark. And I feel like a lot of the girls have, um, you know, he's, he's very knowledgeable. And, yeah, I feel like it's just a really good environment. And, yeah, all the girls, they want to be the best. They want the best. They... You know, we always push ourselves each week to make sure that we're progressing as well. We don't just want to stay stagnant. We want to make sure every week we're doing better. And, you know, that end goal for us is to yeah, finish up the season and just have a really, really good, solid, you know, performance every week and, you know, mark ourselves in, in the football and in WA. So think we're getting there you, you are you are definitely i think it's probably one of the most consistent seasons i've ever seen you play football which is good for you personally and good for the team and c- consistency yeah. is the key right if you have the blend of mature and experienced players and young players coming through then you can get a balance and the, the balance works with the whole squad yeah you're 100 yeah 100 yeah. right there i feel like we've got a really good balance in the team because we do have a lot of senior players you know with so much experience and that really shows because we've got these young girls that are coming up and it's like even just this season so far I've seen them progress so much and it's just, you know, it's really, really nice to see even after training and stuff, you know, they're, they're coming up to ask and, and they're asking, you know, us to, to try and show them things and they're just so willing to learn and to absorb everything and it's just like that's what you want, like, because it's been so amazing to see how football's grown in WA, especially over the past, you know, year year or two. And it's just so exciting for these young girls that are coming up because, you know, they've they've got so much that they can work for and, you know, I feel like Mum FC are really good in the sense that they they really want to push women and especially Mark. He his goal is he wants as many players in the W League as possible and he's like that's his push. He goes, you know, he believes that we're the best team in the league. And he wants us to believe in ourselves and to really push ourselves because, like, you know, he, he believes that we could play, we could, everyone could play in the W League and, and shine. So it's really good to have that drive behind us as well. And 
you know, makes you believe in yourself a bit more and believe in the players around you a bit more and then I feel like it just works. So. Well, yeah, you better really you better get your skates on, young lady, because the <laughs> Perth Glory have been signing players like you wouldn't believe this year. They're probably the number one team for the most numbers of signings at this point pre-season for the W League that I've ever seen them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, so what's your thoughts on yeah. that? Because you have played Perth Glory before a couple of seasons back. Um, you know, do you have an ambition to play for the Perth Glory again? Um. Yeah, obviously I'd love to love to play for Perth and play in my own state and, you know, represent my state. Um, but, yeah, it's very competitive. Um, so if it's not here, it might be elsewhere. Um, Mark's been really good in the sense because he's obviously from Newcastle and has been involved in A-League and W-League. So, you know, he's always said that if it doesn't work here, then we'll try, we'll try somewhere else. So, um, yeah, not sure yet, but we'll see. <laughs> what do you think your qualities as a player are? Oh, my colleague, this is a tough question, Penny. <laughs> um, Dig deep. <laughs> yeah. Pace. I really like talking about myself. <laughs> um, I feel like I really work hard. Um, you know, I'm always, I'm always a very determined player. I always give it everything I've got. Um, I'm very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't like losing. So... Um, yeah, always, always give a lot of effort. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm always hungry for the ball. I always want to do. I want to always want to do the best. I always want to, um, you know, shine. So, yeah, I feel you, like you're being yeah. very humble, Tia. So think back to the <laughs> cup final when you were best on ground. Yeah. Okay. And you were selected yeah. uh, by Sandra Brentnell, former Matilda, a fantastic player. She's one of my idols. She she selected you as the best on ground. Why do you think that she chose you as the best on ground? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so humble. Okay, yeah. so you're quick, uh, great yeah. technical ability. You can score a goal. Yep. What else does a team need, Hugh? What else um, do they need in a striker? Quick. Strike. Oh, to do that regularly yeah, and repeatedly yeah, every game. Yeah. yeah. Goals, do you think that's yeah. you, Tia? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds a bit right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe work out on the heading aspect, maybe. I don't know. Sure. You know. It helps when you score goals. Yes, yeah. it does. It absolutely <laughs> does. So so before you joined Mum FC, tell us a little bit about what enticed you to Mum FC and where you were. Um, so previously I was a part of Queen Park. So I had played at Queen Park for a few years, um, which was really, really amazing. It was you know, one of the highlights of um, my football journey so far, it was just a really, really nice club down there. Um, and then obviously the women's turned into the MPL. Um, so unfortunately there was a few issues there with them being able to be eligible. Um, so they had to fold the team, which mm. was really, really disheartening. Um, so, yeah, I was really, really in a state. I didn't know what to do. Um, and then... Yeah, at that time I was with the Glory as well, so I thought, for the you know, let's give it a go in the men's. So see if I can push myself um, there and grow a bit there and learn some things from them. Um, so yeah, I went and played with the men at Coburn for a year, um, which was really challenging. Um, it was really different being <laughs> surrounded by men all the time, and they're very different. <laughs> um, but very technically, like really, really good technically. So I feel like I learned a lot from from playing with them and a, a, quite a different style of football actually. So I think that was really good for me. Um, it was a good experience. 
Um, and then after that, I was I started training with uh, the Mum FC girls at the end of last year because obviously the men's finished a little bit before the women's. So um, I just wanted to, you know, keep training. And I was just going down down there twice a week and, and kicking about with the girls. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and then had to think about what I was going to do next season. And I was still like, you know, thinking, thinking all, all my options up, and, and then yeah, decided to go with with Murdoch for the for this season, and I'm really happy with my choice. So, um, yeah, I just knew that was the environment that I wanted to be in, and, and like I said before, it's all about you know just trying to progress. Really, like I want to make sure that I'm getting better and pushing myself, and I feel like to do that, I had to play with the best. So. Yeah, that's where I am. Yeah, and uh, I feel it's always important to give thanks to the people around you and it sounds like you're in a great supportive environment at Mum FC with the coach and the team all you know, encouraging and pushing you each other because you want to be at the same place, which is you know, lead yeah. leaders at the end of the season and, and Mark's encouraging everyone to push further forward into the W League, which would be fantastic to see some of the players in the local leagues um, get signed yeah, up for the glory, not just Mum FC, of course. Yeah, like, yeah, we've got a lot of players in our team that I've just seen, yeah, I've seen their football, I've seen them progress, I've seen their heart, their attitude, just everything that makes them, you know, a footballer and who they are. And, you know, a lot of those girls that are alongside me deserve, you know, deserve to be up there. So hopefully they'll be there soon and go from there. Yep. Um, so what about some of the significant moments along your football journeys that you would like to share? And by the way, we should probably say hi to your mum because I think everybody in the league knows that person in the crowd when you're playing. <laughs> uh, and it's on YouTube as well. <laughs> yep, I know. Well, unfortunately, she's um, having a hip replacement oh, on no. Thursday. Yeah. So it's going to be really quiet now watching the game. But she'll have um, access to YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but mum will still be watching. <laughs> Good on your mum. I'm, I'm sure as soon as she's out of the hospital and, and in a wheelchair or on crutches, she'll be there, don't worry. Yep, yep. good. <laughs> not, not, not much stops her. Yep, so tell us about some of the significant moments that, that have inspired you to keep going in football or to reach further in football along the way for Tia Stonehill. Mm, it's a tough one. Um well, I feel like just in general in, in my football journey from when I started to now, I, I feel like it hasn't always been smooth sailing and I feel like I've had a lot of setbacks and, you know, a lot of a lot of really, as much as there's been a lot of high moments, there has been a lot of low moments as well and I feel like I've just been able to, you know, keep, keep my heart and my head in it and just really push myself and, and not give up and just stay strong and keep working hard and, you know, because there's, there's going to be people that tell you you're not good enough or you know and things like that but you just gotta you just gotta believe in yourself and you just gotta keep working and you know it's, it's even players that are younger than me that have experienced similar things um you know and it's being able to lead them and inspire them and say you know keep your head up you're, you're an amazing footballer keep working hard um but yeah obviously there's been a lot of high moments and you know being a part of state teams and all those memories and stuff like that are the things that I won't forget. Um, I've had some really, really great times in my career and, um, yeah, I'm just excited to see how far I can take it. <laughs> Did it feel a bit like coming home after leaving Queen's Park and then you mentioned that it was 
uh, disappointing that Queen's Park weren't invited into the NPL, but uh, a bulk of the squad came across to Amum FC. Uh, did it feel yep. a bit like coming home because there was, you know, a number of players there this year that you're familiar with? Yeah, definitely. In a sense, um, with the girls, it did. Um, but it'll never be home without the Woodfins. They um, yeah. they really made Queen's Park what they were, and the amount of things that they did for football in general, not just for Queen's Park, was yeah, you know, was really incredible. And yeah, they're a big big loss to the football community they, here. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and just a, a final thing that I'd like to know is what's your personal targets in football? Is it just to enjoy your football or do you have a place that you want to be? Both. <laughs> um, it's finding that balance. It is. It is. We have to enjoy it. Uh, we dedicate, you know, so much of ourselves to football. And I can think over the years that I've been playing how much I have, have sacrificed and I've, you know, essentially given up for football and to make it my dream. Um, so you do have to enjoy it. Um, but then, you know, obviously you got to aspire to bigger and better because that's how I push myself by saying, you know what, I want I want to be at the top. Um, so, yeah, I would really love to play overseas and make the most of, of that opportunity while I can and, you know, Europe or England or America or that would be the dream for me, playing playing overseas somewhere um, and just experiencing football over there and get trying to get out of Australia, really, and see what it's like over there. Um, but, yeah, also enjoying it at the same time, which I feel like I'm doing at the moment. I'm really, really enjoying it at the moment and also got that dream in the back of my head that I've used and really pushed myself towards. So, yeah. Well, I think that you've reached that consistency, which is the first stage of the best football that you can play. Um, if you're always consistent, then people will notice that consistency contributes to yeah. team success yeah. and then you get noticed. And hopefully that means that Perth Glory, you know, keep an eye out for you and and uh, you know, Mark can maybe have a, a few words in people's <laughs> ear and, <laughs> and who knows where that leads. But uh, it's been great having a chat to you, Tia, and it's also great watching you play football with Mum FC. It's great watching Mum FC win games and hopefully um, finish on top of the table again this year. It's a bit of a tussle between Northern Redbacks and yeah. Mum FC. Very close. Yeah, it's been, been really exciting. So yep. it's really that's, good for us. That's what you good want challenge. too. You want great challenging 100%. games. Yeah, 100%. And it has been... Um, coming into every game this year, you never know what to expect. So um, that's why, you know, we've been training really hard and just trying to stay focused and, yeah, exactly, be consistent because if you're consistent, then it's not much anyone else can do. <laughs> yeah, Craig says, arrive at Murdoch 12 o'clock for the warm-up, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, Tia, that's 12.30. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh. Uh, it's been fantastic having a chat to you, Tia. I really do appreciate your time today and uh, good luck with whatever football you're playing through the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you guys having me and it was, yeah, it was a pleasure to talk to you guys. Good on you. Thanks, on Tia. You. Thank you, Tia. Stay Thanks. safe. Bye. See ya. See you later. Bye. Bye. That was Tia Stonehill, part of the Mum FC attacking group, um, doing very well with yeah, a stack of the other players in the squad there. She's on one of the wings, Ellie Lamont's on, on the other wing, and they've got a 
terrific <sighs> back line and midfield yep. and Kat Jukic is Kat Jukic just, scoring goals yeah. too, oh. top of the leading goal scorer table there. So doing pretty well. But, uh, yeah, they play against some great opposition. Um, Northern Redbacks have been terrific yep. this season, um, sitting in the top two and, and tussling it out with them. Um, I think th- there's probably... Well, there's, there's a massive amount of points difference between those and the next, which is Fremantle, Balcatta, Perth, SC. So a clear difference in in the quality of those two teams and their consistency. Yeah. Do, do those two sides play each other again? I mean, I was down at... Um down at Mum when they last played, do they play again? Um, I'm not sure of oh, the remaining fixtures. Call yourself a fan. I know, right? <laughs> I just can't remember all of the fixtures for the league. Just can't do it. Um, but they finish in September. So what have we got now? August, September. So there's a few fixtures left. Yeah, yeah. okay. Not, sh- not not sure if they play each other again. Well, there you go. I get to throw you under the bus once in a while. Yeah. Ah. How do I handle it? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that was Tia Stonehill and... Coming up after the break, we have Rocco Mayo, who is going to um, have a chat to us about um, Bayswater, significant events, and... Um, the passing of his father yeah, and the I legacy. Know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a... Mm. All right, we'll, um, I'll see if I can get that to work, and we will be back after this short break. Thanks. You're with Penny and Hugh on the World Football Program, 107.9 Radio Fremantle. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Murdoch University Melville Football Club, an aspiring, growing, engaging football club in the heart of the city of Melville. Join us at Lenshera Reserve, Borragoon, for the club open day and girls' tryout days in February. Go to mumfc.com.au for more information. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Our family fabricates fence panels, gates and framework. Repairs gates and sets up automated systems. Ring us on 9258 6822 for old fashioned family service and advice. Station sponsor. The World Football Program welcomes aboard the West Coast Futsal Association. New seasons at Hollywood and St Mary's Futsal Clubs in Netherlands are starting soon. Competitions across all ages with Saturday Academies for Juniors. Contact Gordon on 0432 745 140 for more information. The first 10 teams to register at Hollywood and who mention the World Football Program get their first match for free. West Coast Futsal, station sponsor. I'm Randa Templeman, goalkeeper for the Junior Matildas. Join me and local women's football expert Penny Tannehoe as we share our news and journey through the football calendar with the best guests from your local community and all across Australia. You're listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. And welcome back to the World Football Program with me, your host, Hugh and Penny. Oh, and thank you very much to Tracy Wheeler. And I did a quick check, so it was about synced at the same time that I found the fixture and Tracy messaged me in uh-huh. that Northern Redbacks and Mum FC are playing each other on the last fixture of the season. Oh, my goodness. September 3. 
So that's going to be a cracker. Oh, you'd it'll like to it'll think probably so. come down to who wins that game as to who wins the league. You would think so, yes. Fantastic. Thanks for that, Tracy. So on the line now, we have Rocco Mayo from Bayswater FC. Can you hear me, Rocco? I certainly can. Oh, great. That's, that's good, good morning, news. Rocco. Good morning, Penn. Thanks for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, no problem at all. And, um, you know, commiserations from everybody about the passing of your dad. But t- today, let's talk about some things that will put a smile on people's face and um, the legacy that uh, that he has left and your family has left. It's been a, a long one at Bayswater, like 50 years or mm. so. T- tell us some of the things that will put a smile on our face about your dad. Oh, geez. Well, to tell you the honest truth, I think I was five when I first started playing myself. And, uh, I started at Morley Windmills. Uh, a cousin of a cousin of mine asked me one day, "What was you? You know, do you want to play a sport?" She goes, "I think soccer's pretty good." And back then, it was called soccer. Yep. Everyone yep. called it soccer. Um, and yeah, so I was there a few years at at, uh, at Morley Windmills, and then my dad got involved in in coaching, and he coached he coached our team. Um, and he came from a well, I suppose you call it an AFL background. I know that's that's not a good word in this program, but um, <laughs> that's okay. We'll let it he, slip. Um, he actually played football for West Perth, so um, he he uh, he soon converted and saw the error of his ways, <laughs> and um, and, uh, and yeah, and started coaching me. And uh, gee, um, if you know what parents are like with their son coaching their sons, yep. he was that, and then some. So I was generally. I was generally the um, the last one on and the first one off. <laughs> oh, jeez. But uh, you've got a but brother, Adrian, I, right? Yes, correct. And he played as well and my dad also coached him as well. So between me and my brother, we do have a few scars from our <laughs> father coaching us. <laughs> I, I can't actually imagine that he would be a ferocious dad on the sideline. He, I mean, in his later life when I, I've known Jerry, he's a gentleman. I think most people know him as a gentleman and, and the suits that he would wear and yes. his welcoming gestures and his generosity, just a very placid person. So passionate but placid. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. I mean, I suppose that typifies a lot about what our, what our club's about and the people that are involved in our club and look we're we're highly competitive as as much as the next person but it's also about family and and being humble and you know we're part of a community a great community of a lot of wonderful people and a a lot of wonderful you know players but also volunteers that that um devote their time to their wonderful sport absolutely and last week the Bayswater City Soccer Club stand was named the Jerry Mayo stand, which is a fantastic tribute to him. And, and Jerry was there, and so were a lot of other people to recognise that. So that was a, a, you know, a great moment for Jerry. I'm sure that put a smile on his mm. face, especially with all the people oh, there sure and having a chat. I think, to be fair, he was probably a little embarrassed by it as well. <laughs> you, knowing, you knowing my yep. father, Penny, um, you know, he was a humble man. Yep. He yep. liked a good chat too. <laughs> Didn't he? He did. He did. <laughs> I know I get that from him, so so watch out, Penny. <laughs> we have had some robust discussions and look forward to more, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, Rocco, just uh, because I'm not sure, what is your official title with Bayswater City? Uh, okay, so I'm part of the board. 
um, and um, also my portfolio is club operations and also council liaison. Okay, well, there's so a big I one. Deal with, yep. the, with the council and them ringing my dad, or them ringing me actually, <laughs> saying, "Oh, you know, your dad's got to take it easy on the dog walkers around the <laughs> around the oval." <laughs> So yeah. I've, I've probably inherited that as well now. So that's it. Absolutely, got to get yeah. to. He had good there. reason though for those dog walkers. I mean, you can walk your dog anywhere. Why walk them on yeah. the pitch or clean up after? Yeah, pitch, right? look, look. Yeah, yeah it's quite, it's <laughs> Don't quite get interesting. Me started, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, to be fair, to be fair, we've got a great council, and um, and we've got a good relationship, and 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 they are a great council. I mean. You know, with Penny, you might be aware that we've got um, we've um, tended to be one of the host venues for a training for the Women's yep. World Cup. Yep. So um, the council have been fantastic. You know, we've had the pitch inspection with FIFA, and um, they were they were very impressed with with what the council had been doing, and um, yeah. What does so that What does that mean yeah. for the club? Because I remember Jerry having a conversation with me pretty recently, actually, yep. about just watch this space, young lady. <laughs> what, what's happening yeah, in that so, space, Rocco? So look, obviously, you know, the Women's World Cup's coming up, and I think it's a great opportunity for our club and other clubs to be um, hosting hosting venues for for obviously uh, for the countries to train at, um, and it just gives our our, our sport more exposure out there and it's you know the councils have I think all the councils have embraced it so well um, it's such a growing part of the sport um, and I think it's just vitally important for the bigger picture for us um, look we want to get into into women's women's football but we also need we need a venue that can accommodate and mm. hence why we're you know we're going forward with the redevelopment um, so my father's given myself and the rest of the club quite a few, quite a few jobs, uh, <laughs> especially uh, probably myself and Oriano Collie. So uh, Oriano's done an absolute power of work. I can't thank him enough. There, there are many other people as well. So look, it takes, you know, the volunteers we've got at the club who, you know, we, we all sort of, from the same hymn book, uh, um, but, you know. And, and that, that's uh, yeah. good, isn't it? Because we were just talking to T.S. Stonehill, who's one of the strikers yeah. from Mum FC, and we were talking about the team working together and, and the consistency and balance and blend of the young and the old and the experience and, and how that makes the team work. So same with your club and its board. Oh, and it's no different from on the field, is it? Yep. Off the field's the same thing. You've got to work together as a team. And, um, look, it's... And I've said to you before, Penny, it's we're a family. It's all about just being a family and treating people with respect. And look, we don't always get it, we don't always get it right. But um, we, you know, you do it with, uh, you know, with a good heart. And you know, it, it's more than just about football. You know, we're we're trying to bring up good young girls and boys and teach them good values. And I think sports so vitally, vitally important, um, especially now with, you know, with you know, whether it be social media or all the issues we have out there, I think it's, you know, I think the sport's so important and team sport especially because you work together as a team, so. Yep. For those of those, for those uh, out there that maybe don't know your dad as 
as well as we do here. Um, tell us some of the things that um, he would have loved to have shared with the community if he was telling a story. Oh, geez, there's so many stories, you know, from, you know, whether it be a young boy growing up, um, his, his, you know, what he did for work life. I mean, he retired, he retired down in Mandra. He's got a property uh, down in Mandra, uh, some acreage down there, and he's breeding, well, he's starting to breed show chickens. Um, so I was actually down. I was actually down there this morning. I was down there this morning feeding and, the chickens. Um, yeah, and he's got one that he's got one particular chicken down there that I think uh, it thinks it's a dog or a human, and actually just jumps on you and you just pet it. You know. So he'd grown up in a in a in a, a rural or a farming background and um, and different properties, and you know they. Bred cat, uh, my grandparents bred cattle, and um, you know, and all sorts of things. And he really did like um, birds of all different, all different types and bred, and you know, had a real joy for that as a young child growing up. So, um, so yeah, so he sort of retired there. Obviously, his health had been not good for quite a while, but it was it was a sanctuary for him, and you know, he'd still traipse up and down. You know, most days up to the club from there, even with, um, you know, his it's a health long journey. what it was. Yep. yep. Mm. Was he, drive, know, was so he so driving himself up and down? Yes. yes wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And not to mention marking the lines on the pitches. Yes, that's right. Yep. Yep. Yes, yes. Wow. He had, yeah. Yeah, we were speaking about he Jerry was. last time I was on the show, and um, as a referee, he was almost always the first person to, uh, to to greet me as I came through the through the gate. He was, yeah, just a lovable man. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, that's what I'll remember. And, I mean, he's brought so many good people into my life. I mean, between, you know, Facebook yesterday and messengers hmm. and, and, and telephone calls and, you know, I want to I wanna sort of get back to everyone that's, that's messaged me, but it's, it's yeah, it's been um, quite overwhelming. Yeah, you know, well, here's that, the chance uh, you can you can do a, a, yeah, a, gr- a group like hug to yeah. everybody who's listening right now, and <laughs> yeah, that, that'll take some pressure off definitely. you in this uh, in this uh, very sad time that you you would be experiencing. Rocco, what yeah, inspired look, your dad at to stay at Bayswater for so long? Why yeah. Bayswater? Yeah. Oh, look, he, he made so many great friendships, um, lifelong friendships. Um, at the club and, you know, it was a home. It was home to us and, you know, he got the bug and, I mean, he did all his coaching certificates and um, he he actually was under the tutelage of Ron Tindall. He did his wow. certifications, I think, back when it was the ASF. Yep. Um, I think they had all the... He's got the green folders, so I've got a trade <laughs> for those somewhere. Um, and, you know, he wasn't... He wasn't... His English... Uh, Back those days was it was good, but he you know he wasn't someone that would write letters or anything like that. But I mean, he was determined. Whatever he he set his mind to, um, he 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 would he would follow through until he succeeded. Mm-hmm. So, how long has he been president at Bayswater? I think it's been since about two thousand and four, two thousand and five. I'm not okay. exactly hundred percent sure. Around that but time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be around time. that time. Yeah. So I think he he has been the, the longest serving president 
Um, and, uh, yeah, so, look, it's it's part of who I am now, and he's given me, he's put, uh, he's definitely given me a few jobs. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I've got the same passion. Um, you know, I love the club. I played there as a junior, a little bit of senior football. Um, I took a bit of a, a break from the club. Um, I think it was sort of late, sort of near the end of 2012 when he asked me to get involved again um and and i did and and look i was so lucky that i got to spend so much more time with my father that maybe i might not have so I, i'm you know i'm i'm so glad i did yep because uh because yeah there's a lot of good we've got a lot of great people at our club um and yeah look last Last Saturday we had the game against Coburn and I think there was more people inside the club room um, than there were outside. It was quite a surreal experience. And, um, you know, little kids, you know, there was a queue to, <laughs> to actually talk to him. And, I mean, he had an oxygen, like, an oxygen tank and oxygen and he wanted to be there. And, you know, his, his health was not good um, and he absolutely... He struggled through it, but the joy that it gave him to, you know, I mean, we had little kids, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-old boys and sitting down with them and uh, tears rolling down their eyes. Yeah, yeah that, they, wanted to, they wanted to talk to him because he took the time to talk to them That's right. and they knew him and yeah. they loved him and they just wanted to, you know, put be there where he was. And, look, that's understandable, very yeah, understandable. That's the gift he gave us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Um, tell, know, tell us. Um, tell us about um, where he was born. Was yep. you said that um, so, he didn't speak much English. Was he born in no, Australia? No. So he, he he was born in in Italy in um, a, a place called Reggio Calabria, which is uh, uh, down the south of Italy, um, and he came over when he was six six years old. Wow. How many brothers and sisters have you got? Um, so I've got just a younger brother. Um, his name's Adrian, and he was also so he played at the club, was involved um, involved in the club as well, and um, he's got two beautiful. I've got a beautiful niece and, and nephew, um, and he's just built a new house. So he's been quite busy with that side of his that side of his life, but um, he's sort of been around the club a bit of recent times and, um, you know, everyone's so been, you know, they've been fantastic and love having them back around the club. Um, so, uh, so look, it's, it's, it's been fantastic. So Tell and us he's got to spend a bit of time with dad in the, a lot more time in the last few weeks with him, you know, with his, with his health and whatnot. So. So, sounds like there's only two places he'd be with his chickens or at Bayswater. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Find him? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So either marking the lines or in the kitchen or, um, yeah, or, you know, or, or, or feeding the, actually feeding the kids pasta on a Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we have obviously the seniors sort of train and the NPLs train at Frank Dragon and then we've got the juniors training at Emerson. So what we do do is for all the junior kids that come back on a Thursday night to, to obviously... Everyone be part of the club. We're one club, whether it's our seniors or juniors, that um, all the kids get free pasta. They come nice. in for a Thursday night meal. So it's all part of it's all part of the culture of of who we are. 
And look, we've got all people from all walks of life in there, even though originally we originate from, uh, you know, from an Italian heritage. It's, that's, you know, where we started off, but we, we welcome anyone. The door, I, I say that, you know, once you've been a Bayswater player, once you've been a Bayswater supporter, you always are and the door's always open. Good. Um, tell us some of the Bayswater products that your dad would be proud of. And just off the top of my head, championships 2013, 14, 14 15, 15 yep. 17. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Look, the club hadn't won. The club hadn't won. And, um, you know, someone said to me the other day, you, you know, the, the, the current, you know, sort of the current board and the success we've had and, and whatnot, you know, people are, people are so happy and not grateful, but just, you know, they're just, they're just so in, in awe of what, what, you know, the, the, the team's been able to do, you know, we had Chris Coyne come in yep. he did a wonderful job. Um, and look, we won trophies and that's great. And, um, but I also said to him, look, it's also the, the previous, you know, the boards and volunteers and the people were there that when maybe the club wasn't doing so well that just kept on giving 100%. I said, we've got to thank those people because without those people, we may not be, yep. we may not be here. So you've got, to, you've got to thank the people that have been before us. And look, for me, it was the people that volunteered when I was playing. I'm only yes. returning the favour. Yep. And my father always said, the club owes us nothing. Mm. The club owes us nothing. We're there because we want to be there and because we love the club. Yes. That's, that's good. Yeah. Because when he first joined Bayswater, it was probably Frank Drago. And you were, yeah. you were talking about Embersome now, and there might be other grounds, I don't know. but the, it's Yeah, look, we, sh- we had quite a couple of grounds that we... Oh, look, at one stage, all the kids were playing at Frank Drago, but the ground, unfortunately, no, just couldn't take it. <laughs> so, look, we want we want, um, we want want the juniors playing there as much as we possibly can, but we also have to think that, you know, um, that, you know, clubs like ours are, are you know, they're driven by by the, the top end. That just, that that's your, your sort of marketing tool for, yeah. for everything you do that, you know, um, councils get behind because you're in, you know, uh, look, a good community club, but FFA Cups, um, Women's World Cup venues, they all are the vehicles that help you that help you move along to do all those other things, yes. you know. Yeah. Um, we want, you know, we've told we want women's, you know, women's MPL and stuff like that, but we want to be able to do it. We want to be able to do it properly, mm. you know, have a good facility for, good facility for the ladies um, and hence you know, the redevelopment, we want to be able to put back more into the community than what we currently do. You know, it's a beautiful building. We love it. It's our home. Yep. But it's 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 time we need, you know, we need a facility that we can better community engagement, you know. Um, we're talking about, you know, Jim's rehab area and to be able to say this sort of maybe like a disability service, nice. hey, you can come in and, you know, you can use that facility. You're part of the community um, it's about all those things about being a, um, a good a, a good community resident and part of your community, and it's super important. That's something my dad's always said and wanted for the club. Do you think that 
the club will be all together at some point? Is it is the redevelopment going to make it? Uh, um, enable, it, 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 it gives us, I think, an extra because uh, what happens is the grandstand basically gets knocked over, and we go right back to the back of the back of the hill. That's a lot of so retaining. It'll actually, I think yeah. give us, I think, three full size pitches. Wow! Yeah. And yeah. how many pitches so, are look, at as much as, as much as we will probably be able to do a little bit more, I don't know if it will always will be able to have everyone there. But we ha- look, we have a fantastic venue in Emerson for our juniors. So pretty much we're we're now over just two venues, which is which is fantastic. And it's it's, it's Emerson's a, a it's a it's a great facility and a great part for our juniors. Um, before we let you go, Rocco, what do you what do you think? That your dad's legacy at the club is wow. That's a wow. <laughs> Jesus, you got to end it on something like that, don't yeah. you? Go for it. Rocco. You want to make me cry, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> look, uh, I think it's just we're just family. Yeah. That's what it's about. I mean, you know, he gives out little little the like pies and snakes to the kids and you see just their <laughs> eyes light up. That's right. And I do the same. And I tell him off sometimes <laughs> for doing it, but I do the same. And I thought, I'm so much my father. <laughs> I said, Oh God, what's his, what's this poor club in for? <laughs> um so but look it's for us it's yeah, look, we want to achieve things, you know, it's redevelopment, it's all those things. But that's great, but that's that's not the heart of who we are. The heart of who we are is family. Yep. Is part of the community, but but you know we welcome anyone into our club, and um, it's just yeah we're family, and yeah we. I mean I had I mean I'll share something small with you. We had um, uh, one of our uh, captains, John Kearney, our um, our uh, uh, successful captain, John Kearney, who also works up up far north. And he heard about my um, dad's failing health, and he actually flew down the next day. Wow! Especially on purpose yep. to. So when you got the quality of those kind of people, I mean, it's 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 such a joy to have. Well, that that's the love you know? that your father uh, yeah. produced in everybody, and, and that makes the club work, doesn't it? That is. Yeah, it certainly the, does. The, that's it the legacy. Does. That's the continuing way that the club will survive. That's the philosophy and the culture of the club. That's yeah. That's how it should be. That's how it yeah. should be. Good one, Rocco. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you very, very much, Penn. You know how much my dad thought of thought of you and and enjoyed talking to you. With um, his eyes lit up when. He spoke to you. I know because I remember a couple of times there being with him, and um, I just thank you, for, thank you for giving me the time to, to you know, to talk about our club and my father. It's an absolute privilege. Thank you very much, Rocco. Really do appreciate it, and yep. you know, all of our thoughts are with you and your and your family, yes. and and we're all thinking about your dad with fondness and his passion. Yeah. Thanks. And look, just lastly, I'd I'd like to. I'd like to thank Football West. Uh, they've been amazing. Um, the award they gave him last week, uh, the minute silence across the senior games today, it's uh, it's very humbling. No less than he deserved. Yep, good one. Thank you, Rocco. Thank you. See you later. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Thanks, you. Bye. That was Rocco Mayo, board member of Bayswater 
City Soccer Club. And a sad son. Yep, absolutely. Um, there'll be plenty of um, banter and chat about mm-hmm. um, Jerry and his legacy over the forthcoming number of days and weeks and nice gesture to have a minute silence in yes. the games. Yep, he'll be, West. he'll be missed. There's no two ways about that. It's, yep. uh, it's a big hole in our in our family, in our community, and um, yeah, forever you, in our hearts. Do you know what? I was, I was talking to my daughter, Rose, about Jerry, and Jerry always, when he said hello to me, he always said, how's that beautiful daughter of yours? Uh, he and was, yeah, again, he, he remembers everybody, and, and he, it's great. And Rose, yeah. my daughter, remembers him. And, and I was talking to Rose, and I said, Jerry passed on. And do you remember that lovely guy that used to come on our show and always be passionate about football, not Jerry, <laughs> but someone else, and it was Rod Banjack. Right. And I thought Rod Banjack and Jerry Mayo had so much passion about football yes. and they wanted the whole football community to to be together and to move forward and and they were both the same. Whenever Jerry wanted to talk on the radio, he would only come into the studio. <laughs> he would not be on the phone. He said, Penny, if I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to come into the studio. And Rod Banjack was the same. Yep. He said, I'll come in and I'll talk football and I'll stay for the two hours. And he'd bring Frank Arrock with him and he'd bring other people with him over the years. And I love that about those yeah. two. Yep. Yeah, their, their, their passion for the game was fantastic. Great characters and a, a great loss, but many stories will many story. oh, will yeah. continue on. That's, that's true enough. Uh, now, uh, now uh, did we want to finish off with any of the fixtures that we have not yet mentioned, NPL fixtures? I've packed up. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> oh, I've got them here. We've got a couple of minutes. We I'm have to mention up. them. So the NPL fixtures for today, Armidale and Floriot. Oh, we didn't mention them. Gwellup and Bayswater, okay. ECU and Perth Soccer Club, Inglewood and Coburn, Sorrento and Perth Glory, Rockingham and Balcatta. Table sits with Perth Soccer Club on top, 38 points over Floriot, 37 Sorrento 33 and Perth Glory 30. Perth Glory doing very well. And some of their young strikers uh, sitting in the um, top one, two, three, four, five yep. of the leading goal scorers mm-hmm. table in um, Zimmerino and Anasmo. I think that's how you pronounce the surname. Good on you, lads. I, I, I hope they'll do a fine job for Perth Glory A-League and they're on the radar there. Yep. And State League 2, just quickly, Gosnells versus Mum FC, Canning versus Kelmscott. Karamar Shamrock against Kingsley Westside, Balga against Joondalup City, Wanneroo City against Curtin, and Morley will play Dianella White Eagles, the runaway leaders at the table. Dianella on 49 points after 17 games, followed by Kingsley Westside on 35 points, Wanneroo in third, and at the other end of the table, Canning, Karamar, and Joondalup. You have, see, we, have we covered everything? Uh, you see, you did that in a flash and yeah. very comfortably. So by the end of <laughs> two two hours, Hugh, you were just comfortable and relaxed and part of that <sighs> control board framework there. No problems. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You know, Easy. there's a swimming pool here. <laughs> 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 I've lost about three kilos in sweat. No, we've done we've done well. We've we've got through everything in the last two hours. We should mention that. Um, well done to the Matildas and the Oliroos yes. for finishing their Olympics campaign and everyone's gone back into their quarantine situations wherever they are now. Moving on to World Cup qualifiers and Asian Cups and, yep. and A-Leagues and W-Leagues. And, and FA Cups. And FA Cups and whatever else that brings and EPLs and what's the French League called? The League. <coughs> okay. That's, Fine. That's, that's French for one. Whatever. League. My God. <coughs> and next week uh, will be <coughs> Sean <coughs> hosting... <coughs> You, you can finish now, all right? Yep. <laughs> You've done well. And, and, and next up is uh, Len and Bags Group. Len the and Jazz Bags Show. Group. He's uh, ready to roll. And we will say thank you very much for listening. This is Hugh and Penn from the World Football Program and 
Tune in again next week. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe. Okay. Bye-bye. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.